The Defense Department's biggest labor union has lodged a formal complaint against the Pentagon, accusing DOD officials of unfair labor practices. The issue, an upcoming plan to consolidate many of DOD's IT networks. As part of that transition, more than 1,000 employees who work for a dozen defense agencies are set to become employees of the Defense Information Systems Agency, DISA. But the American Federation of Government Employees says its members haven't been consulted about those changes. Victor Matos is the president of AFGE Local 2846. He represents employees at the Defense Contract Management Agency. He talked with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu about what the employees have been told so far. What we know is that this is uh, strictly an administrative move. Those uh, employees are going to be staying where they're at right now. Their functions themselves are going to be uh, under DISA itself. This is going to be their chain of command. This is going to be uh, administrating their leave, all of their benefits, everything. But they're physically going to be located within our DCMA offices. Our biggest concern with that is who represents them at that point. Because before October 1st, when this, for the new fiscal year, before this happens, they're right now they're covered under the DCMA collective bargaining agreement. October 1st, they're not going to be covered by any bargaining agreement that we know of, or they might, they might not have any bargaining rights at all. We just, we don't know. We don't have any information and the agency hasn't been uh, completely forthcoming on that. So but th- this, this reallocation of personnel to DISID would not just affect DCMA employees, although DCMA is certainly one of the biggest. As far as you know, is the situation you just described similar for, for the other agencies that are moving 1,200 personnel into DISA? I couldn't, I couldn't really say. From what I understand from uh, other uh, locals that I've spoken to, they're just about uh, as much in the dark as I am uh, right now. Uh, it's just that uh, we're the only ones that have been given any type of information from the agency. I, I don't think any of them ever have really even been notified. So describe to me a little bit the motion that you put forward to the Federal Labor Relations Authority, I guess it was last week. What exactly is the nature of the grievance and, and what are you complaining about specifically as far as any possible violations of labor law here? Well, just to be clear, uh, I didn't uh, do that. That was the AFGE National that did that okay. uh, at the higher level and issued it directly to DOD. Uh, but from what I understand, uh, it was over the national consultation rights under the uh, law, I believe it's uh, 5 U.S.C. 7113. The unions are uh, allowed to be able to engage in uh, interactive discussions, negotiations, uh, whenever there's a change in uh, working conditions or conditions of employment. The agencies need to consult with the unions to get feedback and coordinate with us in order to uh, just allow us a seat at the table, not to decision on the issue, to, but it, it's uh, more, more along the lines of allowing the union to bargain for the impact and implementation of the agency's action that's going to be going forward. They, just, they have to give us the opportunity for that, and we were never even given the opportunity. What, what's your understanding of what, what kind of the chain of command for these employees would be post-transition? I mean, are they reporting to someone at, at Fort Meade at DISA headquarters, or is there still local management in place at, at what had been DCMA offices? Well, um, within DCMA, uh, the, right now, for instance, there's uh, 217 some odd employees that are going to be affected that, that are bargaining unit employees, basically the, the rank and file. And then along with them, there's going to be about maybe 30 more 
uh, supervisors that are also being transferred. They're former D that are going to be former DCMA now transferred, and it looks like they're going to be staying in the same place as well. So they will have that same uh, reporting structure at the first and maybe second level as well. But higher than that, third level, third tier and beyond, that's going to be probably at uh, Fort Meade. So it sounds like for most of these employees, the, the, the main things that are changing are probably, you know, the name of the agency on their pay stubs and the fact that they're no longer covered by any collective bargaining agreement. Is that about right? That's correct. Let me, let me give you one example is uh, under the DCMA collective bargaining agreement, uh, we have uh, what's uh, called a performance improvement plan. Like if you uh, if your performance starts to uh, fall behind or you start to have some troubles, you're given the opportunity to improve, to, to better yourself, to, to correct those deficiencies. And under, the, uh, under our uh, DCMA collective bargaining agreement, we, you're allowed 90 days. By default, most agencies have 30 days. Some are lucky to have 60 days. When they lose their uh, coverage under our bargaining agreement, they're going to go to that 30 days, or they're likely to go to that 30 days. I see. That's just one example. Had you approached DOD management or DCMA management in informal ways or, you know, through normal grievance channels to try and get more information before? And I know you said the FLRA complaint was made by AFGE National, but but has there been any kind of contact up until this point? Uh, yes. Uh, the council's bargaining team uh, or negotiations team uh, did uh, issue a uh, demand for a briefing, demand to negotiate. Uh, we have not issued a proposal yet. Uh, our due date for proposed submission of proposal is, uh, I believe, uh, June 3rd, so next week. Uh, we're currently in the process of uh, putting together uh, some type of proposal. The problem is it's very difficult to negotiate uh, any type of proposal, to, to form or frame any type of proposal, unless we understand what our bargaining position is. Uh, we've requested information from the agency, such as uh, what statutory authority that they're using in order to frame a, a procedural uh, uh, argument, either against or for, or just to verify that they are following the proper procedures. We can't even get that information from the agency. All right. And while we have you, Victor, I wanted to also ask you about a related change that DOD is making right now regarding the uh, regarding the IT workforce, which is the cyber accepted service. And and that seems relevant here because DOD is in the uh, implementation stage of CES now where they're actually starting to move DISA and other defense agency employees out of the competitive service and in, into this new system. And so I just wonder if AFGE has a view on on that and whether you have related concerns about bargaining rights um, as far as that goes. Within DCMA, it, within DCMA, it, the, the CES has not been formally announced to our employees. Um, I've done my research. I know it's uh, C, uh, the CES is covered under uh, 5099F. I know that they uh, that the CES does allow uh, for uh, collective bargaining rights. I know that uh, the uh, employees will that it were under a GS scale will now go under a GG scale right. and that that uh, GG scale is, has uh, just recently as of uh, I think it was uh, mid April was brought in line with the GS scale uh, along with the locality payments. So that way no uh, employee could be said to suffer any type of adverse impact to grade uh, their competitive status, their grade or pay uh, scale, any, any of that. So this comes down to just rights, uh, overall covered under a collective bargaining agreement. And it also comes down to representation. 
who's going to be representing these employees and grievances, who's going to, you know, who's going to be getting the official time in order to uh, represent employees' uh, uh, complaints whenever they want to seek a redress uh, for an issue. We don't even know if uh, these employees may have official time or get any official time for their for any type of representation, or if it's going to be limited, uh, certain, uh, a limited amount. We don't. We just don't know. So that's interesting. It sounds like converting a position out of the competitive service and into CES wouldn't necessarily remove that employee from the bargaining unit, or we just don't know yet. According to 1599F, it won't. However, if there's no bargaining agreement in place, you could say it, it constri- it's almost like a constructive removal from the bargaining unit. That's Victor Matos, the president of AFGE Local 2846, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Check out Jared's ongoing coverage of this issue at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, If you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 